It stinks like shite. I've got a video of media heaving. I've never smelled anything that bad. Welcome to the Personal Jukebox Podcast. My name is Simon. On this episode, we're going to look at Fat of the Land by The Prodigy. And joining me, who else could I pick for this episode? He's a trouble starter. He's a punkin' instigator. He's a fear addicted. What is it? Danger illustrated. Neil, me and Garrett, yo. Yo, and you, you're dead right. I am a trouble starter. You're the punkin' instigator. Hello, world, once again. He's back. He's um, came down from upstairs. He's walked down from the uh, yeah, programme director's from the room. executive role. Yeah, to, uh, to, to grace us with his presence on the, uh, as a guest on the podcast. How you doing, anyway? Yeah, all good. Is it all, all right? All good, in the hood. Yes, definitely. Have you been keeping up with the podcasts of recent? Y- yes, uh, of course, yes. Every single one. The um, Coldplay one, I didn't really listen to all of it. Yeah, um, not your bag. When I'm producing it, I was, uh, yeah. The the Gwen, uh, not Gwen Stefani, the No Doubt one. Yes, that you did is quite interesting. I want to talk to you about that in a bit. Okay, actually. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is that chart one they did with with Chris? Yeah, the, Chris, the Chris, most recent one. Yeah, yeah, that that was fun. I enjoyed that one. Yeah, that's that some good stuff. I had an email. <laughs> I actually had an email with <laughs> the, the flat Eric story that Chris. That's told the one. The, the flat end. Eric story. Yeah, yeah. Fucking definitely. <laughs> fuck you, Maria. Yeah. <laughs> I totally agree with that. There was the I had an email from oh I can't I'm not gonna be able to find it now. But there was a girl on there who was like, I would have loved a flatterick back then. Um here's my email address, pass it on to Chris. <laughs> I haven't done it because he's just had a kid, he's happily settled down. Flatterick's not available though, is it? He dropped it off, didn't he? That was it never to be seen again. No, I know. Disgusting. Was you uh, was you a fan of Flatterick? I, do, well, um, I remember somebody else, whoever at the time had got the best sound system. It was it was their oh, yeah. tipple of choice. They just drove around with it on repeat. Yeah, it, uh, with it absolutely rattling the roof of their car. The, the main single version as well, like the, the the unedited one, is really long as well. So it goes on for ages, and that ties into kind of the stuff we're doing now. Actually, well, on this the, on the twelve-inch <laughs> remix would would have got you around Merry Hill about six times. <laughs> Driving around, <laughs> checking out the ladies. Um, so, what else has been going on? Any 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 gif not sif news or anything you can say or not? A gig this Friday coming. That's at Witch Church and everything. But that the, would have happened by that now. That would have happened by now. Yeah, yeah as the um, time space continuum of this podcast happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Apart from that, we'll finish off the year. We, we might do a little Christmas video again. It'll probably end up being me and PK just doing it okay. again. But we'll do something, and then next year. Uh, Let's just say we've got options. We'll leave okay, it there. Okay, okay, that's all right. Yeah, anything else going on with you? Anything else you want to say about it or not? Uh, no, well, I'll keep on spending too much money on bits for Studio 2. 
Yes, well, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to, desperately trying to save for a cup of water. I meant to say that. Just, here we go, right at the start again. Live, as live from Studio 2, it's the Personal Jukebox Podcast. We'll have, a little, we'll have a little photo from over there later so you can actually see like the, the whole action of what we've got going on right now. <laughs> the, the setup at the moment is, uh, is very conducive to the music we're going to be listening to as well, so that works well. So, so we've got a laser light in, uh, we've got a nebulous type thing on the, so we've got LED lighting everywhere. We're fully USB'd up, man. We are. Oh, good lord. <laughs> yeah, so we're going we're to be looking at Fat of the Land by The Prodigy. Uh, a bit different for the podcast, not usual music, but this definitely has links into the time, the music, and all the stuff. What, again, it, again, it's going to be 1996 again. It's 97? So it's like, yeah, well, the, yeah, 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 I the know what you mean. stuff yeah. leading up to it before yeah. the album came out yeah. and everything. There were, there, Radio 1 were doing teasers, like Breathe, I'm pretty sure, came out and the year star, before. Yeah. And yeah. So, yeah, it started in 96. Yes, it did, actually, yeah. What is your history with The Prodigy? I think mm. we'd have to get the memory man, PK, to confirm it, but I think I've seen them three times. Mm. At like Reading and, and somewhere else. Yeah. Reading a couple of times was somewhere else that I can't remember, but I th- yeah, I've seen them three times. How did you... Because you were like into The Prodigy. I remember you being particularly excited for this album to come out. Did you do the... What was your version of the kiddies' disco? When, you know, was at school, it was Christopher's. What, what was it by the time oh, you lot yeah. were doing it? Um, what was the one The one was, up the road, wasn't it, where it, the Arvester is now? Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't think um, what it was called. Not Archie's. Oh, God, I can't remember. Anyway, it was when it that, was Christopher's yeah. Days yes. uh, down Warleith, yeah. basically, that's where I first heard The Prodigy, because it captured all the children's minds. You, you know the Charlie one? Yeah. So, first yeah. album? Uh, yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it at school. It was we'd, we'd heard the song Charlie at the kids' disco on the Thursday, yeah. and then that's it. By, by the Friday night, somebody had got it on tape, and that was it. <laughs> it was chucked into somebody's... Roster blaster, and that's it. Away we went. Just before we get into it, do you prefer the earlier stuff, or do you prefer the earlier stuff, the rave stuff? You do, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Because this week I listened to every Prodigy album, and also some of—is it the Dirt Chamber sessions or something? Yes. That that thing you okay. did as well. And you can you can definitely see the evolution. You know with the first two albums, right, you've got yeah. like, I don't know, 10, 12 tracks, whatever it is. Yeah. Right, and the, the deluxe editions, uh, the Def Jam, uh, no, not Def Jam, uh, oh, sorry, I forgot. XL. XL, thank you, XL Records. Right, the first two albums on them, they're basically you had the album and then the next 12 tracks would be the remixes for each song yeah. in the same order. Yeah, and they did yeah, that yeah. with the first two albums. Fucking, ah. And it's really weird because... The second bit of the first album, the Project Experience, I prefer because most of the remixes to the originals, um, to the the actual album versions, okay. I think are better. Okay. There's loads. There's like uh, your love as well. It's just like ah, oh, the 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 remix one of it is so mm. much better than the one that's on the album. It's just oh okay yeah. I didn't listen to the remix. Oh, the remix. Like the then, remix no. ones are brilliant. Okay, no, I didn't get them. Though. Like I said, they're all in the same order of the album. So you were into them early doors, and then obviously you had the step up to music for the generation. Was it nineteen ninety? The first ninety two? Is it something like that? Well, that's that's gone ninety two. So it was definitely we were discoing it by Christopher's Mm. would have been ninety ninety one. Yeah, maybe. Well, that's that's when when I first probably they did the same thing. They put the tracks out before the album. Maybe. Uh, Do you know what, mate? It probably would have been ninety two by the time the album was out. But for a couple of years, eighteen months going up to that, they were chucking. 
you know, releases out there. Yeah, so they had the early excess with Charlie and everybody in the place. Oh, that again, again, the remix of that. Yeah. The remix of that is so much better. And everybody in the place was number two on the singles chart when it was released, only behind Bohemian Rhapsody, because it was right after Freddie's death. So what you dropping in on this one, another one that got beaten to number one. Yeah, for crap yeah, yeah. Reasons. yeah, 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 there you go. That's, that's like quite amazing for how big they were at the time, yeah? I don't know, or did they just capture the fucking the, the, the zeitgeist at the, the time? The, well, there's been loads of bands over the years, and, uh, but they literally just, what do they call it, just, just went head first into fame, into, yeah, that's it. Overnight success, that's the word I was looking for. Mm. Words I was looking for. <laughs> and then, 94, they put Music for the Duty Generation out. Absolutely rave reviews, critical, the critics loved it. It's right, because it's an absolute belter. It was filled with all out, I don't know, it's still got the rave tunes, but there's like, I don't know, like big ball swagger on it. There's like more of um. You know tracks like Three Kilos and um, oh, the one that's after it? Um, they've got like a bit more. And also the technology had changed as well because uh, the project experience was on the first lot of stuff that came out, which is basically the Commodore. My brother had it. It's Commodore something or other. Oh, did I? Yeah, yeah, he had it, and it was literally the first one that, that, was, that got music-making software on it. Um, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he did it on that one. And then by the time Generation came out, you'd literally got Pro Tools by then, which all the major studios were using and everything. Um, so that's why there's such a difference in sound, etc., to the, the, the first to the second album. I mean, there's, there's still, though, you can still tell it's the same the same act. I'm sorry I screwed up. It's not a Commodore, it's an Atari ST. There was it go. on an ST, was it? Atari ST. No way. Yeah, a whole lot was recorded on that. <laughs> I kind of thought, listening back to those albums, that they went from being the rave band who were... The rave band, the rave whatever you call it, who were turning up at illegal gigs and putting stuff on, to moving more their music into putting it into bad boys with stereos and speakers in their cars, driving around. They were were all ravers, weren't they? They used to do the whole thing. And like I said, Liam had got the computer, and then you'd got uh, Leroy, it was just... He got nothing to throw to the table apart from the fact he was a badass rave dancer. Yeah. And then again, Keith Flint yeah. hadn't yeah. got nothing apart from the fact he was really cool when it came to rave dancing. He was proper psychedelic with it. <laughs> um, and then you got Maximus, but he was he he got that whole me- MC mentality about him, yeah. so he, yeah, yeah, he was yeah, cool. Yeah. Okay, I suppose it's like another uh, Happy Mondays in it as well. You, you'll have... Members of that crew or whatever, like your bears, so you're like, Fuck me, what are you going to do? Yeah, some maracas, just dance like you do. <laughs> just, just add to the vibe. Yeah, just add yeah. to the vibe. You, yeah. you always get people looking at you, staring at you with your shit dancing. So, yeah, just fucking, <laughs> that's how you're going to be in this in this group. <laughs> well, I mean, call you a band because you're not a band. No, I know, as I said, band. Because realistically, though, it is just Liam Howlett, isn't it? Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? The, 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 the prodigy the, the is... The business Liam. end, yes. It, well, just... Aside from, I don't know, being on photo shoots and saying some lines, it's just... Well, originally, originally there was two of them that were completely out of frame. They were just... And then we'll come to it, I'm sure. Mm. Keith wasn't originally a vocalist, was he? No. He didn't. So he came to the thing. The first one to leave was Leroy or whatever, which was only... He only did just dancing. He never actually uh, did any anything other than that. 
whereas Keith Flint changed from just the dancer to vocalist and pretty much fucking ended up being frontman. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, that's weird. It's really weird. Like, one song, which we will get to, obviously, but the one song... I, I said to Lindsay today, she said, oh, what are you doing on the podcast tonight? And I said, oh, I'm doing The Prodigy. And she went, oh, that song, that song, Firestarter. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's... I mean, it is still, to this day, it's The Prodigy's biggest song. Their biggest commercial they, song, did, yeah. When Keith Flint, um, then I see death and everything, um, mm. my mum had said, oh, that bloke from The Prodigy's um, director, my old man. And he just went, and she went, you know, Firestarter, oh, straight away. He just went, yeah. oh, yeah, no, I know exactly who you mean. It's weird, that is, because, and then when you saw, um, say, photos of them, when they went into, even into, like, the pages of Kerrang! and things like that, and music magazines, it was majoritively pictures of Flint. Who that was were the there. You, you cyberpunk, as it got co- uh, coined. Cyberpunk. Can you remember, when, when, was it a few years earlier when Billy Idol had a go at that? <laughs> Billy yeah, Idol, he was... computer punk or, or, or something he called it. <laughs> I what it was. <laughs> you said about Leroy left the band. Yes, he was the first one the to... Band. I keep saying the band, yeah. Um, 99, apparently, he actually officially split with them. When, no, 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 sorry. He left the band after he split with Sarah Cox. He took that particularly Oh, hard. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. yeah okay, right. He was, yeah. Was he, were they married or...? Possibly. Yeah. Don't know. I don't know. Um, he's in the, the liner notes and the videos only. Uh, he's got no musical contributions to the album. He's not, like, on any of the... doesn't do any of the vocals or anything like that. Oh, no, it works for the... Um... Royalties and stuff. You know that this is the one thing that so I've tried to Google. I tried to Google that all week about prodigy wages, all that mm. kind of stuff. And the only thing I could find is there was an article um, that said it was a bit. After- you get performing rights because it's performing. If you're on of course stage you get performing. And, yeah, because yeah. the only thing I could find was a thing, and it was after Keith had died, um, and it said. Even though he, he was died, him and the rest of the band split five million pounds over the past two years, and it said he'd ended up with, I'm sure it was something like one point eight million, and then the rest was split between Liam and Maxim. What's his real name? What's Maxim Reality's real name? No. <laughs> I should know. I should have written that down. That was something. It's I probably something cool. There are a few people. Uh, people call it like Maximilian or something like Max, that. It's yeah. probably something oh, yeah, like could, that. Yeah, Maximilian. Yeah. Or it could just be Max. Jilty came out and then there was, I don't know, you'd got this... They kind of crossed over into the rock realm due to tracks using guitars, um, like their law, mm. and um, what was the other one? There was a couple anyone music for the Jilty generation. Well, the, the, the summer festivals that they were on, they were literally lamped between, like, you know, punk rock and, and metal bands and stuff, mm. and they'd slot in, no problem. The Prodigy are an incredibly punk rock band. Band. Well, I keep saying band. You might as well expect that. They're, they're very to be punk fair, rock. Now, obviously, they're, they're still going after Keith. I'm guessing they're going to just do a gorillas thing, just have loads of CGI and whatever. But they're literally, they have been for ages. They've had a proper drummer. They've mm. had, they mm. have been a, a band, a collective or whatever. So every time you call them a band, uh, listeners, you can't say anything because we've established now that they are kind of a band. <laughs> so, yeah, any of you fucking Frank Lampard's fucking moaning, you can feck right off. Um, how long ago was it when Keith died? 
Like commercially, numbers. I'm guessing I've not checked. We can, but yeah. yeah, it really came along at a perfect time. There was a real appetite for it. You'd got '96 oh, was when the Pistols came back, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, and there's a definite like Pistols vibe running through Flint's delivery on his lyrics and stuff like that. And I think it kind of all just played into this thing. And have you not looked into it? With Keith Flint, he was actually in like a punk band. Oh, was like it? a legitimate punk oh, band. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you, yeah. obviously, yeah. when we're off air later, yeah. I'll, I'll give you some references to it. No, why? Was he, what was he doing? Uh, singing. Singer. Singing, yeah. Yeah, like literally proper, ah. proper punk band. And the album's, yeah, it's all right. It's mm. good. Okay. No, I didn't, I didn't come across that, actually. Right, so we said, this was, the album itself was released at the end of June 1997. Went straight into number one on the UK chart. Six weeks it spent at number one. 77 weeks on the chart overall. But the hype for this album was building up way before you got singles. Oh, God. I was at Reading Festival that year. I can't remember whether that may have been the first time I saw them. Could have been. Could have been the first out of the three. Yeah. Could have been. Could have yeah. been. It's a good shout. I was, I was there for the four days. So that would have been the first time I saw them, I think. 97. March 96, the first single from this album was released, Firestarter. Again, that, uh, I've got a memory of, oh man, one night in the summer, 96, we were bored shitless, Gaz was about, Edges was about, I was about, Les was about, and I'm pretty sure in, we decided whoever was going, and I think it was Gaz's car, and we went to the shops and bought so many cans of Red Bull, it was unreal. <laughs> For whatever reason, we were like, I'll put this to the test. Let's see if we can actually, you know, there's a bit of proper stimulant off it, like some questionable things. Let's see if it actually does similar stuff to that. It doesn't, obviously. So we basically, we drove to Blackpool for the night, just for the night, had a rot around Blackpool for that, and then drove back. And Pete Tong, it was a Friday night, Pete Tong dropped Breathe for the first time. Was you there on that shot? He was there. I was, I was in Gaz's car, and that, I was in Gaz's Nova. Or- I'm sure I can remember hearing "Breathe" for the first with, with Tong playing it, but I, I didn't. I definitely didn't go to Blackpool. Right. Well, that was yeah. the night I heard it. Yeah. Edges was there definitely. I'm guessing he was driving, and I was in Gaz's car. Maybe and I was. It listening. was on Pete Tong. It yeah. was on a Friday night, and he dropped "Breathe" for the first yeah. time. Yeah. Maybe I did hear it then, and then seeing you. Well, later. We, we were twatting it <laughs> up the M6 at the time. <laughs> When you drop that, it's a fucking. It, made, it makes you drive faster as well, doesn't it? That one, yeah. <laughs> uh, right. So, nineteen ninety seven. When it was released, nineteen ninety seven, June. We'll look at what was going on in the charts for a second. Number one, both sides of the Atlantic, UK, US, was um, a little guy. This is the first time he really came to anybody's notice as well. I think you know what I mean. Do you know what this is? I've not From the that. intro, because I didn't know it had this intro on it. That, that intro. That's a Dodge Joe for strings. It's that badass dance song, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not this. It's not that. I didn't realise that this had got this on it. And it sounded like in this 
like that banger on like human traffic type that um, movie, I'm sure it is. It's, it's definitely on, um, what's the film thingy? Uh, Harry Enfield goes to Ibiza, what's it called? Um, what's his name? Kevin and... Kevin and Perry go yeah, large. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't know this was um, on the intro to this. Do you know what? This is the, this it. is the shit that they drop. This is this is what they dropped standard when the Queen died. All the, this is the media protocol. This is what they drop. It is. It is. Somebody might correct me and go, no, it's wrong. But I swear to God, this is what they drop. Because I was listening to, to the radio and they went right going to the news for the runabout when it was announced Her Majesty had carked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this was played. No, like, no. Yeah, I'm sure it's like it's standard media protocol. It's like reflection type thing and they play that man I don't think he's going to play the song they did it it is I swear to god it's the media protocol for when a a royal dies it is that would make sense because of the song what it is but it still hasn't come in yet (laughs) do you know what it's going to be well I want it to worry up because it's it's, it's making me sad (laughs) I should have gone for the other version. <laughs> oh my god! Tell you what, you you deal with the uh, orchestra. I'm going to go get a cab. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, guys, just just bear with me on this one because oh, it's coming. Oh, I never knew that intro I'm was on there. On the way back. All of that, just to listen to P. Diddy ruining a perfectly decent song. (laughs) Yeah, so I didn't know that it had that intro on it. It never did on the radio, did it? No. (laughs) And, I mean, this is the first time I became aware of Puff Daddy, as he was then. Yeah, were you? I've got no words to say about him. Nothing. I've got nothing. I've got nothing. Um, number one on the album charts was this here album that we're going to be covering, The Fat of the Land. So number two on the charts, another one of your faves. Overrated band. Oh, I knew he was going to say it. Previously covered on the podcast, obviously. Um, Great vocals. What's his name? Tom York. Tom York, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, the vocal. I, I do admire any blokes that can sing like a bird. It's, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a good song, though, actually. Paranoid Android. Where it, it's good all the way through, man. It kicks in. Um, so yeah, we got OK Computer was number two. Previously, the previous week, it wasn't number one on the UK charts. This was number one in its second week in the US Billboard charts as well for Otherland. It was double platinum by the second of December in the US. 
First week sales are more than the rest of the top 100 combined in the UK. They did well, though, because consider Radiohead would have been shifting units. Like, no, 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 this, shifting, I was on about the Prodigy, though. No, 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 oh, no yeah. but like, Radiohead would have been oh, shifting yeah. units by yeah. this point as well, so to compete, be competing yeah. with them was good. I don't know, it was like really new, different, and there was the appetite, the the songs that they'd put out beforehand, like Firestarter mm. and Breathe, the appetite was there for this album There were to a come few out. bands around that took me there. There were several bands around that time absolutely shitting out solid gold, as their fans would, would say. <laughs> Another thing I do think about this album is that they were trying to, far more trying to court the US audience as well. They headlined the Lollapalooza tour in 1996 to prep the US as well. Like, this is the stuff we're going to be doing. I've always liked the sound of that festival, just Lollapalooza. Lollapalooza. What, what exactly does that mean? I don't know where it comes from, Lollapalooza. <laughs> and the, this album came out just as the Prodigy were headlining the opening night of Glastonbury as well in 1997. So, fantastic timing. Track one on The Fat of the Land is... It's a bit of a banger, and I'll be honest, I think it may actually be, like, 1A or 1B of their... Best song ever? Yeah? You think? Ice one. <laughs> we, we can talk for a little bit because it's... <laughs> okay, right, this track for me is just great. It's just like, if it if I'm in the car and I fancy listening to Prodigy, right, okay, where am I going first? I'm just going, ah, oh, it's fucking... Right, let's start things off. Let's smack me bitch up. <laughs> <laughs> and it is, smack my bitch up. It's track one on the album. And it goes um, a little bit like this when it kicks in. He's going to blow your socks off. When it comes. Here we go. Sometime soon. Four more. The same radio. Never One, hit two, the vote call. <laughs> Should be now, I think. Two, three, four. No, it's not the same. <laughs> this quite a lot or whatever he'll take a song or whatever and he'll just keep yeah. doing a bit of a sample or anything he'll just loop that a few times and then he'll let it play <laughs> okay it's a meaty meaty start to the album isn't it oh yes yes um, featuring Shaheen Badar uh, doing the little uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. who's also on um, Get Up Get Off from 2004 with with um, with Twister and Juliet Lewis as well is on one of their tracks then I think the actor Juliet yeah, Lewis yeah, yeah. Um, Juliet Lewis and the Licks I think is her <laughs> yeah, band that's yes, her band that's isn't it yeah. Yeah, yeah. it got samples from uh, Give the Drummer Some by Ultra Magnetic MCs. I haven't even started. I thought you were going to say sample from Who the Trouble Get Wicked. (laughs) (laughs) There's lots and lots of um, samples all through these songs. Yes, there is. uh, I might as well go with the. uh, With the uh, uh, uh. antidote. No, it's uh, the anecdote. Mm. Um, When Beastie Boys were headlining at the Reading one (laughs) that I saw, and there was so much fucking beef between them because the Beastie Boys got the whole. They just didn't get the whole English, like, uh, sarcastic, playing on words, whole thing. And they were like, you can't, say, you can't say smack your bitch up. You can't fucking do that. It's like, 
it's it's a yeah, it's what we we English people do. It's 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 not really necessarily we're not smacking we're not anybody's ladies up, lady up, yeah, yeah. No, nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I remember that whole tirade going on between the two bands. I believe and Maxim said, if I remember rightly, and I don't remember that much stuff rightly, but he had a whole little rant over it, and he just went. We don't care who the fuck, whatever, we fucking play and say what the fuck we want. Uh, yeah, that is how yeah. we, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's and it. Did I, it. I think the Beastie Boys were particularly, um, they'd suffered a lot of criticism on their earlier albums for being, like, derogatory to women. And or when the they were on like on the evening, and they, they, got woke. They, didn't, they didn't let it go, but they sort of, like, dumbed it down, I think is the way to go, yeah, yeah, it's all right, we got no problem with the project, we just asked them, like, but, you know, obviously they didn't want to, you know, entertain our request or whatever, but anyway, here we go. I just think it was that, they uh, particularly, didn't, wasn't there around some point of album, they put out the album uh, Ill Communication by now? Yes. Yes. So there's a song on that album, isn't there, where it's kind of an apology to yeah. women, Previously, that they said in lyrics and stuff they said about women and, and things yes, like that. Yes, but um, yes. I think they just got a bit. It was a disagreement as well because the project were like, right, you said that about right, the same bitch and this that the other. But the way you say stuff, the American way of doing it or whatever, the English would just be we go, hang on a minute, you've just said that about whatever, and then the Americans would go, oh no, that's not what we meant. Yeah, yeah. I, the Americans don't like it because obviously it's the English language. We've got the best grasp of it. They can't even manage it, which is why they change fucking words and change through to T-H-R-U and shit like that. It's a fucking route. <laughs> Not a fucking route. <laughs> Fuck's sake. And you spell colour with a U. Uh, it's, yeah, well, I, to be fair, actually, there's some American thing. I do it at work all the time just to annoy people. I, I do American spellings of things. <laughs> One of the main... Controver- well, the main controversial thing was the video to the song. Yes. Massively. Even 2010, it was voted the most controversial song of all time. For PRS for Music did a survey and, uh, yeah, found, unearthed that. Second was God Save the Queen by the Pistols. And third was um, Relax, Frankie Goes to Hollywood. I know that the PRS d- do a survey because it's like the most unlikely songs you'll find playing in Spa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I ain't doing that. Loads, like, loads of complaints about the video. How do you pronounce this word? Is it misogyny? It is. Yes, misogyny. Mis- and yes. misogynistic. Misogynistic. Um, violence against women, drug taking, drinking, going out and having the lash. Even though... Well, like, it's misogynistic, like no respect for women whatsoever. I believe just, so, yeah. yeah Isn't it? So. That, that's kind of the thing they level like against, um, I don't know, the people like Andrew Tate or maybe Trump even or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the video, it's it's... Everybody listening to this knows this. It's a girl on the video, isn't it? Yeah. At the end, yeah. 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 First time you saw that video, though, you were like, fucking hell, this is, like, quite full-on. Yeah. Yeah, because it was. It was full-on. Um, like, it didn't get played, did it? I think MTV would only play it after 12, and then they took it off rotation after a short time as well. Yes, there's um, there's another video similar as well. Chasing Status video as well. Mm. Oh, that's, that's more similar. recent, then, surely. Yeah, that does a similar vibe with that one. It's like, well, I will let you go, that one. I will let you go. That one, yeah. it follows a guy around just being an absolute shithead or whatever. Yeah. It? And it's, oh, yeah. it's centred on, it's it's not, but it's oh, around Jeremy Kyle. 
type yes thing. yeah that's right and it's like you know imagine yeah. if what we all think is like or what the media portrays oh he's an absolute rotter he's uh, look oh. what he's done he's gone out he's fucking done this to women he's whatever he's, he's got, got yeah he's got so much i have seen that fucking white up his nose he's done this that the other <laughs> he's had an absolute proper bender or whatever and he'll turn into the office at eight o'clock in the morning and like like nothing's ever happened. <laughs> it's a great video. Just a status. I'll find it out in a bit and let you know what it is. It's great. It'll mind you, give over it, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> like that. And that ladies and gentlemen, the exact uh, meaning of misogyny. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. What, gibber? Yeah. <laughs> gibber is the meaning of misogyny. Says it in the dictionary. <laughs> 2013, Mix Mag said it was the third best dance song of all time. Yeah, I mean, it's a fucking banger, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Uh, it got to number eight on the charts. It was released as a single. Um, and yeah, I mean, this this bit now and this build is killer. I can definitely remember being in some kind of state. What do they call that kind of singing? Is it like... It's Indian yeah, type, yeah. Type it's got a well, sorry. yeah, it's got to be. Shahimbadar. Oh, like she's medieval. released. She's released albums as well. She's a like oh, singer, okay. yeah. All like it with words that I can't pronounce. It's mesmerising, isn't it? It is. I love this bit. When it tops out as well now. And it builds in. Something impending is coming. A sense of impending doom. I just need to smack someone. It's like... Ladies and gentlemen, get your fucking hands in the air. (laughs) Break your fucking face tonight. Um, yeah, what a kick-off to the album, that is. Banger to start off the album. That heads off into the into the dust, and then it gets immediately followed up by this. Second single, the best-selling, their best-selling single in the UK ever. It's that rumbling bass, isn't it, on this song? got that rumbling bass. Apparently there's a Thin Lizzy sample in there somewhere. I don't know where. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Yeah. Wow. Um, Jim Davis, that's it, is from Pitch Shifter. He's the guitarist who worked with them. Pitch, yeah, they're they're quite electronic, aren't they, Pitch Shifter? Oh, I thought it was that time. (laughs) Yeah, this was a number one single as well. November 1996, so there's six months between, like, tracks there, and then, oh, another six till the album comes out. Here we go. Do you reckon... Liam had got a shitload of songs sorted, or he's literally writing 
he's still in the writing process of this album, but the status, he can literally go, oh, you know what, fuck it, bang this one out, this one's done, I've got like six so far, bang this one out, it's a definite, this one, bang it out, and then by the time the next one comes out, he's like, right, I'm up to like eight now, bang this one out, this one's fucking brilliant. Yeah. And I reckon he had, yeah. he was doing yeah. it that way. I mean, they were on, were they still on XL recordings? Like, Yes. Yeah, yeah, so... He's obviously got... There's a decent relationship there, isn't there? Yeah. They're a small... They're a smallish label. It's when they? they were moving away from that label. They were still on it, but they were moving away because okay. it, it was going to be great for both parties because yeah. obviously the next record label were going to be a uh, mainstream label yeah. or whatever. Yeah, XL were going to get their payment because they're literally flogging one of their bands to them. So everyone's going to get paid. Mm. Everyone's a winner. Mm. This is so... This is so... It's got that Sex Pistols vibe. I think it's Keith's vocals. It's got the, the buzzing guitar. Because that's just... A th- it's only three notes and... A lot of this is, is by the guitarists that they got in Gizbutt, um from like uh, English Dogs and uh, Janice Stark and, and everything. He did a side when he was on one of the old podcasts that yeah, he did, yeah, yeah. Or he played out with Janice Stark. Um, okay. That's Gizbutt. He, yeah. he, he was the guitarist that they got in oh. around this time. Hell of a way away from like Charlie, though, isn't it? Yes, and two albums after. It's, yeah, sound wise, yeah, but by that time, though, d- there was no the rave thing had gone. Oh, yeah, it? yeah, it yeah. was all happy hardcore and fucking drum and bass. No, no, jungle on it by jungle, then. Jungle, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we're all gone, son. By that time, it was all fucking jungle. Oh, and happy hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> It's incredible. I mean, there's still little like there's little bits in in Smack My Bitch Up with but I do think that the original crowd of people, like your brother especially, I know this for a fact, massive fan of the early Prodigy stuff, but he fell the land. But by the time it, but, by yeah. the time the album Invaders Must Die comes back, mm. it's fucking all that fucking old rave shit's creeping back in. He's yeah. even using the whole ding 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 ding. He's using all that shit again. But oh, then, just, but, but then by that time it's it's like it's class as retro and it's like and the kids love it and they're like, what yeah. the fuck's this? I've never heard this yeah. before. Yeah. Ah, they, this is the shit they were chunk, chunking out in the nineties, and they love it. It's definitely now um, Toyin Town Techno, Trips Trumpet and Sesame Years and you know all that kind of stuff. It ain't, it ain't that. No, not far at all. From it. Your, your, I remember your brother not liking it. He was like, nah, them fucking, they've gone fucking gone too, too, too rock, my too brother, rock. My brother still. <laughs> Oh yeah, and he was he was loving it. Well, this would have been his Q Club days and everything. Where he's well into Gabba. Oh god, it, it, everything. It, well, yeah, my brother was the one that got me to like uh, what uh, trance music and shit yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. I, I never even knew trance was the thing. It's my brother was like, check this shit. I'm like, whoa, this is what a fucking tribute, man. This is pretty fucking cool. Rave had come a long way by this point, hadn't it? Really, oh, Christ, yeah. And yeah. it just branched off. Yeah. In so many different directions. I don't know if it would have been you or Gaz first playing the first time I ever heard the Jilted album. And I thought to myself, man, it's just fucking fairground music. Gaz is a bit like me, he does like his dance music, but only certain stuff, like he yes. likes his drum and bass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, he, he, you know, he likes his projects, and there's, oh, there's somebody like Chemical, I don't know if it's Chemical Brothers or something. Like, like I said, he likes, yeah. his, he likes his certain... Genres of of dance, this, so to speak. This has a lot of like the breakbeat stuff as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Like this album, you know, yeah. like as you said, Chemical Brothers were doing. It was the antidote to the Britpop and the guitar music that was going on yeah. at the time. You had like Underworld, the Prodigy, 
Chemical Brothers were probably the big three. I'm thinking. I can't. I'm probably forgetting somebody there. I but mean, we, really, the, the rave field. scene started 1990, didn't it, with the original like, acid type <laughs> thing, or whatever. <laughs> so you're thinking, both. It's only six years have mm. gone by, and look at how, how mm. it had mm. um, transcribed or, or, or transformed. Or, trans- thank you. <laughs> transformed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Got to watch out with all your trans words these days. Make sure you get the right one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I could tell you a story about that. Like. <laughs> really, the song just loops around six times as well. But it's, it's a, this is the first one that Keith Flint had done any vocal on. Mm, That's it. This is the first time you will hear him. Apart from the other single that came out first. No, I'm on. This is the first album where he did vocals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You won't hear him on uh, Generation. There's nothing from him. Absolutely nothing. You had um, Maxim, obviously. Yes, he's on Generation, but this is the first time that Keith was mic'd up. Yeah. There's something I read where maybe it was when he was doing Firestarter and Keith was like, oh, I'd really. Can I. Put some vocals to that, or he, he had some ideas and then they, they thrashed them out together. I think so. There's a whole thing yeah. on the Firestarter day because it was like they were on the way to the studio. You know that stupid USA jumper that he's got. Yeah. They were driving on the way to the studio and he, they were driving through Camden yes. in London and they drove past Camden Market and he saw it hanging up in one of the like charity shops <laughs> or some okay, shit. Yeah. He stopped the cab, ran in, bought it. The rest is history. Yeah, why? Obviously, we'll talk a lot about Firestarter when we come to that one. Track three is oh man, when this one comes in as well. This is a proper. This is another proper beefer as well. Bad boys, turn up your stereos. Actually, oh man, this is around the time I had the jammo. <laughs> Can you imagine how this sounded on it? And you had the, your interior the top, light on it. The roof, down. the roof on the polo used to go. <laughs> Yo, I used to check out lyrics upon the format Filled with skill with technique, computer aid at My lyrical form is clouds on your brainstorm I get hype, think, thought, flow, acrobat Sink the track, bump the track, dance missions Clubs like foes, we act by soul visions And hurry and more reflects on the dance floor Blowing up and having mad people showing up Packing crowds I um, I, I admit I did sleep on this one when, in my younger days, but listening to it, you know, more recently and stuff like that, it's a, it's a fucking banger, isn't it? Yeah. Uh-huh. It's just a shame nowadays this this, this song could be renewed with re- renewable energy sources. <laughs> Good lord, Tesla power. <laughs> with Tesla power. <laughs> oh, with cold water power. <laughs> You're not going to be able to apply diesel power from 2030. Nah, just keep, yeah, them poor buggers just keep digging that cobalt out the floor. Good lord, honestly. <laughs> Net zero, fucking hell. Um, Net zero, my arse. <laughs> and due to the success of this album, Bono asked Liam to uh, remix a single, one of the singles from Pop, from U2. Madonna wanted them to produce to her next album. She signed them to her label in American Inch Maverick. That's who they were on over there. 
I'm just disgusted that Bono even put his two penneth worth in. Why? Why? <laughs> even Bowie um, begged, oh, begged, he begged oh, him to collaborate, and uh, he turned them all down. Did um, Liam? Fair play, yeah, brilliant. Didn't want to do it for none I of them. I really like your bands. <laughs> Can you? <laughs> Would you like to sample my music? Fuck <laughs> off. Um, it's one of the things where they haven't really ever engaged in mainstream activity. They refuse to do Top of the Pops all the way through. That's cool. There's been a few uh, yeah. Yeah. people over the years that have just gone, nah, they don't, not having that shit. They only ever appeared like on TV in a studio once in 1991 on a, a programme on BBC Two called Dance Energy. I imagine that was like right Oh, it would have been some low-budget yeah. thing at the BBC yeah, just, yeah, yeah. just stick on a fucking Friday night at like half one in the morning. Or yeah, whatever, when yeah. nobody's watching. A bit like Hitman and Her Time Slot kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was really excited when I saw that on the TV schedules because I thought it was like Bret Hart or something. I turned it on. <laughs> there was fucking Pete Waterman <laughs> and Michaela Strachan. <laughs> Um, so, I think we're kind of three out of three so far on the album, aren't we? Yeah, we're not faulting. <clears throat> no, no, I no. mean, Brave... Uh, brave and all that, but it's still it's still good. Yeah, 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 yeah. It works, definitely. And it definitely showed the Prodigy how they were different. In now. their new light. It, yeah, it, it yeah, yeah. showcased yeah. them of, right, yeah, this is what we're doing now. Forget forget about that cat. <laughs> this is what we're doing now. <laughs> forget about that cat. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it takes a bit of a downturn now, this song. Probably my least favourite on the album, a bar one later. Okay. Yeah. Um, not the biggest Beasties fan anyway. Yeah. This does tie into... Um uh, yeah, hey there, listeners. The next uh, takeover is going to be Beastie Boys. No, it will have happened by now. No, well, yeah, I'm just, I'm just announcing <laughs> the next thing we're going to be doing is going to be. Beastie by the time Boys. this episode comes out, it may have already been off. Really? Yeah. Is that how far? Oh man, yeah, you stop piling them, man. Maybe, Shit. maybe, maybe. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe we didn't need to have the discussion, but. <laughs> If you're recording when you say you're recording. Just cut spin out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we've got the little beastie sample there. And then it goes into this, still got the like ravey vibes kind of thing, but now it's a bit more bright beaty. Still got the little loops and the little bips and boops and stuff like that. It's nice, man. The, the, the sample from the beasties just does it for me. The, I'm a little bit freaked out now. Are you some kind of fucking time traveller or something? <laughs> Divided. Sam Beckett. <laughs> come back to put right what once Sam went wrong. Quantum leap. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this sample now if it's gonna play now. Hang on. I think it's at the end of these like bars. And then it does that. That's cool. I just don't like that kind of stuff, I don't know. And now your feature presentation. It's yeah, like it's really, yeah but it's a really cool clip. It's a sample. <laughs> it's, it, it's really cool, that is. 
Um, yeah, what do you know about this man, Funky Shit? I've got, literally got no note for this, apart from, like, the Beastie sample. All you need to know is, it's the Funky Shit. Oh, my God. And somebody's, like, massively surprised about it. Oh, my God, it's the Funky Shit. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Nobody told us you were coming. <laughs> Didn't really play this one live that much. No. No, I only saw him play it like, well, the three times that I saw him, it was only once. Yeah. On that thing uh, where where they were having the whole beef with the Beastie Boys, it was all over this shit. Mm-hmm. It was just like, oh, just because we fucking used one of their fucking samples or whatever, they mm-hmm. think they can dictate to us what we can sing. That was what it was all about. Because they used, oh my God, that's the fucking shit. And like I said, on, on the Beastie Boys pod, that song, where yeah. that sample is from, will yeah. be included. Oh, my God, that is the funky shit. It fucking is. Oh, my God! Right, after that, a slight downturn for me. Ning still likes it. We'll have one more before we head to the break. <laughs> Boys driving around in their cars, one in a big fat beat. One, two, three, four. No. <laughs> Sound. This is, I don't know how to describe it, just fucking a balls out swagger song, you know what I mean? One of the, one of the, surely the great things of the Prodigy was they always managed to appear dangerous. PK's uh, style of vocals, well I call them vocals, it's <laughs> shouty bollocks. Basically, he's literally, he's three fucking idols uh, John Lydon, Sex yeah. Pistols. Uh, next, uh, Watty Buchan from the Exploited. Yes, right, and this is, it. and then also Keith Flint, right? Okay. Pika literally takes all three of those vocals and mm. puts them all together in yeah. bits that he wants them. Okay. So it could be on occasion, it could be a little bit of John, yeah. Johnny Rotten, yeah, 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 massive amounts of Watty Buchan with a little bit of fucking. T- he's more, he's done it for years. Those three, you 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 listen to PK's vocals, and it all you'll hear a little bit of all of those three in every single one of his vocal performances. Honestly, they say you should kill your idols. PK's just like selected the ones that he wants to keep, and he's just killed all the rest. And um, that song was wrote with here we go, Lee Ara Aaron and Deborah Dyer. Now, who's Deborah Dyer? Any relation to Danny? He's <laughs> <laughs> perfectly safe. <laughs> What's that smell? <laughs> oh, look. Oh, it's my very fucking barbecue back in April. <laughs> Fuck me, it stinks. <laughs> Fucking hell. Deborah Dyer is skin from Skunk and Nancy. Oh, yeah. That's her name. Yeah. Deborah. Deb- right, okay. Deborah Dyer. Okay. Uh, doesn't she do a show on Absolute at the moment? It wouldn't surprise me. Bloody yeah. Matthews, Keris Matthews is a DJ now, so it yeah. wouldn't surprise she me. She does like Radio 2, doesn't she, Sunday mornings Keris or something? Keris Matthews is big on Radio yeah. 2, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember when she was on I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here and fell in love with the chap who was on EastEnders and like they both left their significant others and got together? What was that, Celebrity Big Brother? No, 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 um, I'm a Celeb. I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here? Yeah. Oh, she was on that, was she? Right, yeah, okay. it was her and... 
you remember? Um, they they were like Italian brothers on on EastEnders. One was with Tiff. Oh, and then the other about, one, um... the bigger lad, not the one who had like the the goatee. The, the, the one that's the poker player nowadays. Um, uh, I don't know. Somebody, d- d- Greco, Michael Greco. Yeah, 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 Michael. No, right. not Michael Greco. No. The other one. The, the, oh, yeah, okay, right. <laughs> I don't know who you mean, but fuck, yeah. Really? <laughs> so Keris yeah. Matthews yeah. ended up with him? Yeah. Oh, my God. They what? were on I'm a Celebrity together and, like, <laughs> fell in love and, yeah. Oh, I'm <laughs> so glad I stopped watching TV, like, ten years ago. <laughs> fuck you now. <laughs> I mean, this is years ago, but yeah, yeah. Way beyond me, that was. All right, we've got another banger here. On that banger, we'll um, we'll let Ning recover from that one. We'll be back in a moment with part two. Lombardo's Auto Emporium and get your mind blown by an automotive extravaganza that'll leave skid marks on your soul. Prepare to be blown away by our jaw-dropping variety of hatchbacks, sedans, and convertibles that'll make your heart race faster than a cocaine-fueled cheetah. We've got vans large enough to hide a dead body and trucks so big that you'll feel like you're compensating for something. At Eddie Lombardo's Auto Emporium, the only thing higher than our staff is the competition's prices. Bad credit? No credit? No problem. Our financing is easier than your mom after happy hour. Eddie Lombardo's Auto Emporium. We've got the keys if you can handle the sleaze. Don't forget, you can contact the show directly, jukeboxpod at gmail.com. You can follow the show on Facebook, search for Personal Jukebox Podcast. On Instagram, we're also at jukeboxpod. And leave us a review. Help a brother out. Help the algorithms. Yo! Son of the morning, I'm gonna chase you out of earth. He's loosened now. He's loosened, he's loosened. Thank you so much for playing that. That is ice. Chase the devil if anybody wants to listen to that. Please, just play it. There's a version on YouTube and some dude literally records his seven-inch vinyl of this. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, you get the record crackles and everything. It's fucking amazing. Fucking vinyl fans, eh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you'll probably tell from that, obviously, you remember, we're doing Prodigy, Fat of the Land. Um, yeah. Out of Space was on the first album, wasn't it? Yep. 
Still one of um, an absolute 90s, you know, now. If they'll play a prodigy, prodigy tune, it'll be Five Star A Breathe. Or probably Out of Space is probably the third um, third choice. Go on, open that can. It's done. It's, it's, under me, it's under me top. That's why you can't hear it. And the fact that I've got an amazing mic, you can't hear it. <laughs> right, we left off with Serial Thriller. Next track on the album is Minefields. Personal favourite of my daughter's, by the way. She quite likes this one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a good tune, actually. Does she know that it's dangerous? Uh, I'll text her. <laughs> Let her know. <laughs> Reviews for this album. Um, All Music gave it a four and a half out of five. Entertainment Weekly give it a B. Guardian, five out of five. LA Times, four out of four. Enemy, give it an eight out of ten. Q, a five out of five. Rolling Stone, give it a three and a half out of five. Pitchfork, original rating, 7.9 out of ten. In 2018, they reassessed it and gave it a 5.9. Robert Christogau, on his uh, on his website, he gives it a a one star with a notable mention for funky shit and minefields. So get the whole album a one star review. Yeah, his reviews are really weird. Like sometimes he'll just give a little. He does emojis. You know what I mean? He's Robert Christogau. And he he works for the the Village Voice. He's like um, the, the the dean of. Music reviewing, really, in the US. Uh, well, I thought he was going to say <laughs> some prick that works face. for the fucking Guardian or no. something. <laughs> Sounds like a typical review by some wanker journalist that works for the Guardian or the Independent. <laughs> no, the Guardian give it a five out of five. Okay, I'll take back what I said about the Independent can fuck off. <laughs> In the US, she said about them not getting the whole smack my bitch up thing. Uh, obviously, over here, there was the Ferrari as well. Walmart and Kmart pulled the album from the shelves. <sighs> Miscommunication. Well, yeah, you know, it's... Um, well, no, it's just one of them things, isn't it? The album was number one, Ian. Right, <sighs> wipe off this one. Austria, Australia, Canada, Finland, Germany, Holland, Hungary, New Zealand, Norway, Portugal, Spain, Sweden, Switzerland, and obviously the UK and the US. It was the sixth highest selling album of uh, 1997 in the UK, and the tenth highest across Europe. Big numbers. Yes, absolutely. Um, Have you ever, have you heard the, um, they did a remixes EP, didn't they, in July 2023? Uh, uh, I've touched on it on Spotify. Um, if I can find that, one second. They were, they weren't, they were remixed by the Prodigy, but with other people as well. This was with with um, Rene Levice. Speeds it up a little bit. Because it was the twenty fifth anniversary, wasn't it this year? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Or last year. Oh, it's got a modern vibe. Oh God. 
Here we go. It's still building. What's what's this kind of genre called? That that kind of thing. Like, oh. oh, like dubstep. That, the, that's the one. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. We had what did we? Have? We had Diesel Pair earlier, didn't we? So that just sounds completely different. I will just skip a little bit ahead on it. <laughs> Yo, I used to check out lyrics upon the format. Bill was skill with technique, computer aid. I like that with the offbeat. Cool. Yes, all right, isn't it? Only four tracks on it, though. It's only, only a breeze, okay. diesel, power, fire starter, and minefield, minefields. They always say minefields, but it's minefields. Bearing in mind, he's literally sat in front of gear that couldn't do exactly <laughs> that, what we're playing right now. You fancy, you fancy putting yourself a prodigy. You um. can, if you want. Like I said, there's a MIDI keyboard right in front of you. <laughs> Everything is there. And a drum machine. The lot. I, I don't know. I don't know if I can do it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Got a low Q base first, you fucker. <laughs> right, the year is 1997. What should we say? Like, like Britpop has peaked, or is definitely at peak. And then there's all these other bands that have come around, um, and one of them features on the next track. I can't believe that this song is like fucking nine minutes long. What was the band? It, a cooler Shaker. That's the one, yeah. Yeah. Um, Govinda Jaya. Well, Govinda Jaya. Jaya. Um, Narayan. Narayana is the protector of the worlds. Yeah? That's what he is. And you have a. Naraya. Oh, man, the song's called Narayan, isn't it? Narayan. But he's right. Narayana. Narayana. Okay. Yeah. And then you have Nara Narayana. Yeah. Who are the Hindu. They're a Hindu duo of sage brothers who okay. had, like, I don't know, loads of trials, tribulations, trysts, and things like that. So now I know what Naraya is. And, yeah. and, and I only came in here to buy, like, four cans of Stella. <laughs> 350 bastard. If you can drop it, um, Mark and Lard, the Shire Rosses, did a ridiculously stupid uh, a parody of one of their songs, uh, Chicken Tikka, Papa Dom Tala. <laughs> put it on Shire Rosses. Yeah. Uh, uh, Chicken Tikka, Papa Dom Tala. <laughs> Hang on, let me put the music up, say it while I find it.
flowers in the scent of summer Mystic Oriental Spice Shall we take a pilgrimage to our spiritual mecca? No bollocks to it, let's have curry and rice. Chicken ticket, Papa Dum Tala. Alagobi, Papa Dum Tala. Onion Baji, Papa Dum Tala. Plate of chips, Papa Dum Tala. <laughs> The, yeah. it's, it's the first thing that came into my mind as soon as we started discussing whatever his name is, Quinton. <laughs> Crispin. Crispin, that's the one. Crispin Knowles. Who was his mum, though? Uh, I'll t- uh, probably somebody famous. You're yeah, tell he me was, now. he was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I should know this. Hayley Mills. Um, God knows. Oh, Christ. Radio DJ, TV presenter. Um, Blue, Blue Pizza presenter. Who the hell was she? Movie actor. Uh, presenter of Tomorrow's World. Um, she was. She was an actor. Right. Um, she was in Pollyanna. What? Pollyanna, the What's Disney po- film. Okay. Um, she was in The Parent Trap. Oh, I, I know that's that the movie. original. That's the original, though, surely not the remake. Oh yeah, they did that god awful thing with those twins from America, didn't they? Yeah. Oh, did they? Was were it, those twins called the... Uh, was, it, was that the one with the twins, or was that the one where um, Lindsay the, Lohan played both? Lindsay Lohan... Oh, yes, yeah, so sorry, yeah, Parent Choppers, Lindsay Lohan played both, and they did a CGI. Yeah. Um, oh, God, I'm trying to... A film that I know that she was in... Um, um, she's prolific, definitely. Um, apparently there was the Parent Trap 2, and Parent Trap Hawaii Vacation, Hawaiian Honeymoon, even. Some franchises, they just... Man, she did it. Her last, the last film she was in was in 2021. Who? His mum. Oh, my God. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah. We're finding out some stuff tonight. <laughs> we're, we're seriously <laughs> digging the internet. <laughs> I went to the internet and found this. <laughs> Um, yeah, did you like this one then? Because I would have thought definitely like the fans of the project. Yes, I do because again, it's got all that whole Indian weird ass vibe thing, like um, the one you get before. the chanting thing as yeah, well. Don't yeah, you? Yeah, 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 I love yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of shit. Yeah, right. Let's head into the big one. Number one in March 1996. Three weeks at number one. This is the big one, isn't it? Yes. It is, isn't it? It really? remains the big one. Oh, yeah, it's, it is the big this one. This is the one where radio stations are free to play because all the copyright has been paid off. Yeah. Long time ago. They can play this as many times in the day, as many times as they want to. No cost. All PRS payments on this song are null and void. <laughs> Apparently, it's got, there's a credit to um, Kim Dealer at the Breeders. It's uh, a Breeders song, SOS. 
for part of the guitar loop or the <laughs> again like I said before uh, Liam is using various different musicians including Gizbot uh, and they would he just paid them to, mm. to be, like go in the studio every day and just do stuff for them just do a little funky little riff he just that's what he did mm. and that's why he ended up with so much stuff again that he didn't that he can uh, legally claim as a, it, it's not going to be sampled from anyone else mm. it's a sample from his own shit that he's recorded that he's paid artists to do just building up a sample bank a sample bank yeah yeah that's yeah, what, that's what I was going to say yeah like a sample bank uh, this is the one where the mail on Sunday had the headline ban this sick fire record <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I definitely remember at the time there was. Oh, it is. It's like very the eighties and everything with Ozzy Osbourne and Judas Priest, and it was just like, oh my god, no, ban the satanic nonsense. It's like twenty <laughs> odd years later, they're still trying that same old shite. I think it's because <laughs> it was unsettling. As I say, the the prodigy have always appeared dangerous, and I think the vision of Keith in that subway fucking lurching around and you know doing all the shit he was doing and then oh yeah on the fire starter twisted fire starter it just I don't know it struck a chord with the cl- with the pearl clutches yeah yeah <laughs> yeah my how things have changed now it, it, it's totally different to what you see down subways and dark alleys <laughs> nowadays isn't it <laughs> Usually involves somebody that's dressed in black that you can't see, and the only thing you can see is the uh, the moon shining off the point of the knife. What a pleasant picture you've painted. I sometimes there. have a real good way with words. <laughs> sometimes not, and I just go. I've <laughs> We said before, didn't we, on, I think it was a Manix episode, that any 90s compilation would be incomplete without using, um, what was it, A Design for Life. And this as well yeah. would also be on... It's, it's not the best... I honestly think this song gets undue credit. This is like, I don't know, I think it's a bit poor, really. But I've, I've just done a little uh, Google check as well. Apparently it was... It, it was uh, Included one of the songs on the movie Hackers. Are you aware of that movie? No. Oh dear, look at that. Shady, that's going to be a B list movie, isn't it? It says their only crime was curiosity. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think a lot of people have probably tried to employ that defence. I'm going to be checking that out later. Hackers, let's have a look at that. And said earlier, the last gig the Prodigy played was August 31st of this year, 2023. Um, from this album, they played Breathe to open the set, um, Climatise, Firestarter, and Smack My Bitch Up were the, cool. were the four that they played because they've got you know there's a lot of um, there's a lot of wealth of song. What is the the gig goer to a prodigy gig now? Because anybody way back in the early days, it's surely a different kind of thing that you're turning up for now. It used to be, from my experience, say you're at Reading Festival or blah 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 blah. blah. You've got metal bands, punk bands on before them, and then you'd have your Glastonbury's and this, that, the other. So you'd have like perhaps Prodigy. 
playing before the Foo Fighters, they were headlining or whatever. So while the Foo Fighters playing headlining, you'd have your mosh pits, you'd have your whatever, your jumpy jumpies. Mm-hmm. But when Prodigy played, but it would be a collective of all other people and it would be a combination of a mosh pit and jumpy jumpy rave days. That's yeah. basically yeah. your... If you're going down the front for the Prodigy, that's what to expect. You might kind of find a little mini mosh pit... But what it will be is boom, 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 like when Pendulum play. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Kind they of fit vibe. into that kind of that thing. I think and it, that's why they can play rock festivals and, and, and shit like that, because they're just slotting. Yeah, they like bridge a gap kind of thing. Exactly. I think in America they had, they were never big over here, but uh, if you heard of, like the Crystal Method. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they sound like ridiculously prodigy-ish. You can put it as, like I said before, after after the rave thing, that, that's when the cyberpunk thing mm, came. You, mm, you can mm. almost attribute Liam to that for coming up with that because he was the first one that was that turned rave into like, oh, right, let's get some guitars on the go and some and some like distorted vocals and you know turn it into almost aspects of like your early eighties UK punk vibe, like your Exploiteds and your fucking late Clash and various other shit. There's so much. And, As a punk connoisseur, I could bore you all day <laughs> fucking long into all the similarities that, that go on and yeah. all the vibes that they're bringing in. Definitely bringing the different elements to it. I, I into dance music. Yeah. That's what he's... That's, that's his ability. He knows his shit. Right, I'm a fucking... I started out producing fucking... making rave songs or whatever. Now I can literally do whatever I fucking want. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah whatever yeah. he wants. Yeah. I, I meant to say when... Breathe came up. There's, there's a bit in that where it all cuts out, and it's just um, there's like a bit of a beat going on, but it's just it's an acoustic guitar, isn't it? Yeah. When was there ever an acoustic guitar in a fucking a prodigy or a, a rave act song? It's a weird thing. What you do is you record loads of stuff acoustic, and then if you put acoustic guitar into all the technology and all mm-hmm. the plugins that you've got on you, you can literally load that guitar clean into any amp that you select so for example like one of the plugins that's available right now you gotta pay for it and everything mm. is like lemmy's amp murder one as it was called oh, okay and it's so it's set exact, up like that yeah yeah so you record anything you want in clean put it through that and it will literally be like lemmy playing it so that's it's kind of an insane an, an, that's kind of like technology a, now AI. Just, um, uh, essentially yeah 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 Luckily enough, uh, being an old bugger, still being able to understand technology and how it works. That is, I'm lucky. It is just like, it's like an, an AI amp, isn't it? Yes, it is. Hi, I'm Gordon Do- Ramsay, and you're listening to the Personal Toolbox Podcast. Cheers, Gordon. <laughs> Thank you very much. Beans on toast, done. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like just that kind of thing, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Now... This is beautiful. Oh, it is, it is. It's lovely. Um, but this definitely does hark back to and earlier this, Prodigy. Oh, yeah. Are you ready for the... Mm. This is the pitch shift. It's it's on there. Yeah. I'm, I'm now going to show the host exactly how this is done. <laughs> See that there? Yeah. Put your, put your finger up there. Put your finger on there, look. See, there's two of them. See the sliders? Oh, yeah. That's how it works. So it goes. There it goes. There we go. And he goes, Funky. Funky. <laughs> Funky. And, and this, 
like this kind of sound is early Prodigy. Absolutely. And then you get like the bass come in, and then it kind of changes into and an that, updated. That's also not uh, an actual bass. That's just computer bass. That's just computer bass. Yeah. 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 Let's, let's 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 feel this one coming. Fucking love this. Listen to the rumble of the bass in a minute. that this one lives on in the set you know what I mean because you wouldn't have thought this was a, a crowd pleaser as much as some of the other big ones yeah I have that with some of the songs that I've wrote for Jif and we still play now and yeah. it's like it might not be a crowd pleaser it's like it's a pleaser for me so it might be it might be one of them yeah, yeah it's always yeah, a yeah. weird thing as an artist when you write stuff you like you're supposed to write it for how your audience, the yeah. shit that they would love. Yeah. But I've never done it that way. I always do it for, I write stuff what, if it was somebody else playing it, I'd go, yeah, I fucking love that. Mm-hmm. That's the way I write. I don't write for th- them, I write for me. Mm. And yeah, I'm, I'm guessing it's one of his songs that is like, I don't he, give a shit for anyone like yeah, I yeah, fucking yeah. love this one. Myself. You know what I mean? It might be the fact that he, he, he might think Breathe is like the worst song that he's ever fucking wrote. Like, Smells Like Teen Spirit. He might do his fucking head in, you know what I mean? It might be one of them yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. probably why he's kept it in. He's like, I love this song. It might have a lot of meaning to him or yeah. some shit like that. This has definitely got more of a... It's, I don't know how... It's, it, it's an instrumental for starters. It's, there's no lyrics on this one. It's... I don't know, it's a feel. It it's a, does sound yeah. like a couple of tunes off Jilted uh, Generation as well, to yeah. be fair. Yeah, to be fair, when them when the bass comes in, um, it definitely has got a feel of them. the, the couple of the lighter tracks on Jilted. There Jilted's. are a couple of fillers, yeah. I hate to say it, there are a couple of fillers. Not as many fillers as Jilted Generation, there's lots of filler on Jilted Generation. Oh God, yeah, there is. Not so yeah. much filler. No, 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 on, no, definitely. On this one. I noticed that because in my head I thought to myself, oh, music for the generation is. Oh, cross is one thing or generation, like weather or whatever it's called. It's just like. Oh, yeah, it's really? got the weatherman at the start. Yeah, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's all right, but it's like. Yeah. It's, it reminds me of like, oh, God, going back to when my brother introduced me to trance and stuff, and you got likes of like. CJL Bookham or whatever it was called. <laughs> there was a lot of like progressive trance and drum and bass. Was, oh god, yeah. And it goes on and on and on. And you you're listening for like eight minutes before you've even got to the like root of the tune. <laughs> to me, that really should have probably ended the album. You love it, the next one, don't yeah, you? Well, they got the, fucking yeah, well, the next one. God. <laughs> End the album there. A nice tight. Well, that's only be nine tracks, wouldn't it? But yeah, that would that would do. They have my... to go and do this, don't they? they? Have He's to go not and impressed. Do this. He's not impressed. 
It's an L7 cover, man. Correct. Yeah. Reminds me of me personally, right? Uh, many, many, many moons ago, yeah. and we're talking like, oh my fucking god, we're talking like early two thousands. I paid a mega amount of money for a guitar pedal, a Zoom guitar pedal. Oh yeah, Zoom, and it came free with uh, Cubase LE, which was the Cubase soft base, uh, software at the yeah. time. And it literally sounds like the first ever song that I ever recorded. And I'm like, <laughs> I've got a shitty fucking mic. And obviously, the guitar pedal was all USB connected into your yeah. laptop and, and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Like 23 years ago, fucking hell. I recorded something similar to this. I'm like, oh my God, I'm just recording a song on my laptop. <laughs> it was just like, fucking hell. Yeah. Mad. Look how shit has fucking come along. Oh, crazy. <laughs> just to start the drum bit it's like generic fucking drum bit <laughs> oh man fucking hell it's, this is like just a track that I stuck on the end just to pacify somebody <laughs> apparently it's got saffron from Republica in it as well yes it is yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the, the original again sounds like the yeah, yeah. shit that I recorded <laughs> Yes, definitely sounds like my early recordings. Is it the fucking outrage? <laughs> it's not far off it. <laughs> you, you get happy for this, but I fucking love this. Can you put it back That's up again? That's not bad. If PK was here now. I prefer this version. We're literally the more our brother we'd be moshing. <laughs> I prefer this. It's cool, man. Yeah, if you want to chuck that, it's from their album, Hungry for Stink. Aren't we all? Yeah. Aren't we all? <laughs> Sounds a bit like Brody Doll, though. Do you think so, yeah? Yeah, a little bit. Um, so that, that kind of ends the Fat of the Land album. We'll, we'll round back to that in a minute. When that was released, was you happy with it? Uh, no, I said by that time I'd got me escort with me uh, 12 disc changer in the back, so yes, it would have been loaded in. You loved it, yeah? Yep. I definitely I bought this album actually. This is one of the the, the few albums that I've covered on the podcast that I've actually shelled out cash for. I must have um, bought it because when I made all my digital copies that you're legally allowed to make mm, and then I sold mm. all my CDs or whatever, it's on my phone, so I must have bought it. So after that, they didn't release another album again till two thousand and four. Is that right? There was a massive gap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There was a massive gap. They, oh, and that one's... Oh, yeah, that one's... Oh, it's bad. That's when they went a whole fucking vocal vibe about it. Yeah. Keith yeah. Flick went mad about it. That's when, that's when he was doing his punk band or whatever. He was, ah. he was allowed to do shitloads, and they got loads of vocalists in. It's awful. 
Oh, really? Shh. Oh, shocking. They're shocking ca- album. If this is the case, they came back with, in 2004 with Always Outnumbered, Never Outgunned. Correct. Yeah. As I say, I listened to all of them. The first track, I think, is really good. Spitfire. This is a fucking banger again. But there's nothing... It was all right, yeah. I thought it was okay, the album. I thought it was Getting all right. Getting all my shoes and those indie vibes, man. <laughs> fucking ice with it. <laughs> it's almost, almost Africa as well. Like, it began in Africa. <laughs> <It's like> the, <laughs> And, oh, you, you've always got to worry. They always said this, didn't they? You've got to worry about a band when they kind of get the... Is this, is this a correct term, the Oriental vibes in? You know, like when they say all oh, the Beatles, they kind of like, oh, you know, yeah, fell off yeah, so, when they did that. Yeah, yeah we've got to go. George Harrison has, has discovered fucking Harry Krishna. Yeah, yeah. Got to shoot. Thing, yeah. <laughs> He's getting all zen and shit. <laughs> so, yeah, I didn't mind this, this track, and I didn't like Girls... Yeah, load of shit. Obviously, the whole album's dog shit. But then, and then from 2004 till 2009, we came back with Invaders Must Die. Oh, classic. One, I think that might be Courtney's favourite Prodigy album. Yeah. Invaders, yeah, I think it is, yeah. Well, she I... Was, what year was this? 2009. Oh, God, Courtney was just still a kid, but she loved this album. She absolutely loved it. Well, it opens with the two bangers, doesn't it? It's got Invaders Must Die and Omen, which are just like... And then you've got Take Me to the Hospital, and you... Oh, fucking... Warriors brilliant. Dance is on this oh, one. Oh, that well. is even yeah, better. Yeah, yeah. It was like, whoop! <laughs> but once again, it's definitely got the... I hate to use the term, but the, the EDM vibe, but still like as songs, as rock songs. This, I, I said to Courtney, I even explained to it as a kid, I bored her to death of it. I'm like, mate, this sounds like years ago. This is mm. like bringing back the old school vibes, mm. man, the mm. old school rave vibes. Mm. He's using all the sound effects. Like, it's just... Ah. Now, the only... This was probably my favourite album, maybe aside from Fat of the Land. Oh, that's 1A, 1A, 1B for me. But it has got this song on it. I remember this. Now, I like it. I like it. I just always associate it with that fucking god awful program they have on Channel Four on Didn't Friday Fat nights. Fat Boy Slim sample this in one of his What was this one? The BBC bullshit. What did you just say? It's from what? Channel Four. They have that fucking program on Friday nights called The Last Leg, and it's got that. I don't like Josh Widdicombe. So it's got Josh Whittaker on I'm it. I'm going to say something now because I can. I don't care. Channel 4 is just one of the biggest woke bullshit <laughs> outputs out there. <laughs> Fuck them. It's got Josh Whittaker. It's got that cunt with the fucking hands. Yeah, What's his Josh name? Whittaker. He's a cunt. And, and that cunt with the fucking hands and, as and well. And then an Australian presenting it. So yeah. it's... Oh, there's one with the wooden, wooden fucking legs. Is that the one? 
The Australian yeah. with the wooden leg. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. so, yeah. Oh, yeah, I know you're one of the me, the, the yeah. one of the hand. And, yeah. Yeah, and the presenter, he's got a wooden leg. However, can you get any more woke than oh, that? Oh, God, it's all box, box ticking. Box ticking. Fuck off. Yeah, so, anyway, Invaders Must Die was good, yeah? We'll take that. The worst album, I thought, was The Day Is My Enemy from 2015. I thought yeah. that was really, really poor. Like, I, uh, there was nothing on there, really, that I liked at all. I don't know what Liam had got going on in his fucking life at that point, but it's like, uh, he'd done another belter by Invaders Must Die, and it's like, it's hard to... Mm, uh, mm, mm. Don't know. Uh, and then the last album they put out was in 2018, called No Tourists. Yes. Um, and that was all right. Yeah, I yeah. thought that was all right. Yeah. I thought there was a lot of harking back, a lot of retro stylings on that album as well. Got anything from that you want to chuck in? Yeah, we'll have have this one. We'll have this one. The only thing, it's got this kind of sound on a lot of the songs. Like that Daft Punk-esque kind of... You know what I mean? Yeah, they do that speeded up kind of... uh, What's the word? Showcase vibe. And then it's got like... A very um, inspired by... Double step as well, yeah. 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 Guitars are calling it. I don't know, this is the uh, what's it, uh, industrial. Yeah, type yeah, vibe suppose, to it. Yeah, I, d- I suppose, do like that yeah, thing yeah, when yeah, you yeah. that that kind of dance music where you, you you like I swear I can hear dustbin lids being it that kind of <laughs> thing. You know what I mean? Apparently they're signed to BMG now as well. Who? Well, B- Sony BMG. So oh, you right. know, yeah, yeah. So they obviously went away from XL somewhere along the line. Um, Can't fault Liam though. Literally when you. Mike wants to uh, go to the other side. Well, perfectly fucking within your own rights to carry on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, Absolutely. definitely, definitely. All in all, they've got a good, a good catalogue of stuff, haven't they? The fat land, though. If we're if we're completely reviewing that and giving it a grade, a little bit of a chat about it, what are your thoughts overall? See, if we hadn't have spoke about Invaders Must Die, I'd have, I'd have probably gone in with like a B or whatever. But now, Breeze and Firestarter, obviously, are you like your fucking teen spirit and your. Uh, come as you are. Come as you are. Yeah. So it's. Yeah. I mean, you've heard them loads. And if, you, you if you were going to. Right, okay. Did you go to that album for research and just go, right, I'm listening to it in its entirety? What, Fat of the Land? Yes. No, no, I've listened to that like all the way through from times. Right, OK, so me personally, if I was putting that album on, when that when Brief came on and Firestarter, I'd fast-forward them. I would always, I'd always skip Firestarter. Right. I'd always, because I, I think it's... Anyway. Um, Breathe, I've kind of gained... Um, you know, like when you haven't listened to something for a long time, and then you come back to it, and it's like, oh, actually, that's really good, really. That's where I am with Breathe. Okay. Yeah, even though it's it's the same thing looped round. There's other tracks on there, like I said, Minefields and Diesel Power, I appreciate far more now. 
breathe the shithead for me because I listen to uh, Radio X, obviously. So you free, <laughs> they always play the freebies, don't mm, they? Mm. They're, they're, which yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Which is your fast starter and you breathe. Yeah, yeah. They're your freebies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Copyright free. So, <laughs> yeah, that's why breathe. And that other song is like new mm. from me. So, right, you you skip Firestarter or whatever, yeah. and the rest of it you'd listen to. Yeah, apart from uh, fucking Fuel yeah. My Fire is wank, and I think funky shit is not very good. Go for the grading if you want to. Okay, then. I, just, a, just a little one on that. Yeah, I appreciate stuff more. There was stuff I didn't. Familiarity, Smack My Bitch Up is still fucking in their top echelon of songs. Um, and, of course, what it did for... You know, I don't want to use the term, but it's EDM, isn't it? It is just dance music, it is all that stuff. I think I'm caught between two grades. It's either a C plus or it's a B minus. And I'm probably going to say a B minus, really. I'll give it the benefit of the doubt and I'll go with a B minus. Okay, yeah. When we started this discussion, yeah, I was literally. I won't lie. Yeah. I was thinking D. Oh, were you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. of what we'd spoke about, about Invaders must die. Yeah. And, and if you're a, more of a fan of the earlier stuff. Oh, yeah. It, when it, you start discussing it, yeah. opening it up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I prefer that to the first album stuff. Like, Charlie, I think, is wank, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it does. It's just, not though. It, it just reminds me of all the fucking, you know, the kiddie rave tracks and all that kind of I'll stuff. I've stopped weeping because it's like, <laughs> I'm not a kid anymore. So what are you settling on in the end? I'll say C plus. I'll say C plus. It's C plus. I'll yeah. copy you then. Yeah. C plus. Yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah, we'll go for a C plus. That's uh, and, but you know, it's a it's a good album. It's worth a listen. It's on the uh, thousand and one albums to hear before you die. Checklist from that guy who did that book, and yeah, it definitely should yeah. be. I mean, especially if you're talking about a thousand one albums, I bet there's some right dog shit on that list. All right, well, um, thank you for listening to that. Maybe you'll agree, maybe you won't. As I thrust my hand into the air, get in touch with us if you have different opinions or whatever. Jukeboxpod at gmail.com. You can follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, Jukeboxpod. This will, pros- yeah, it will be. The last episode of the year. There'll probably be a little extended break. Usually it's two weeks before between episodes. It probably will be a little bit longer this time. Um, just, you know, Christmas and shit and stuff there going on. There may be one with me and Sammy. That's what Christmas oh, one. Okay. There may oh, be okay. one. Yeah, there's a, there's I, a I, I say may loosely. <laughs> there's a little promise for you. If he does that, I guarantee I'll drop it like a couple of days before Christmas for you as a present. Um, I'll drop it as if I was like fucking Jay-Z. <laughs> Christmas turd dropped on your doorstep. <laughs> Smear your front door as well, and your windows, you fucker. All right, Ning, thank you very much for joining me on the episode. And is there a song that you would like to play out with? Yes, there is. There is. Um, when I was uh, when I was producing the other day, the mm-hmm. no doubt one that you did. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was listening to that, um, you said you wanted to get into a Gwen Stefani debate. I'd like to get into <laughs> Gwen Stefani. I don't know about a debate. Um, basically. I was listening to all that shit, and I fucking absolutely hate when they became mainstream. Don't speak. I just... Oh, it's a classic, God. isn't it? No. 
No, it's not. It really affects it, it, it me. No, just, that song affects my mental health. It, it doesn't sound like a no-doubt song. Yeah. Every time I hear it, I turn it off. I cannot listen to that song anyway. <laughs> so I was like... See, I'll was, come round on that one like I did with Brie. <laughs> when, when I produced that no-doubt one you did, I was a bit apprehensive. I was like, it's okay, it's going to be like the Coldplay one. All I've got to do is just sort the intro and the outro out. It's fine. I don't necessarily have to... That's fine. I could just skip it fucking away. But that one in particular, I listened to it because what album was it you were doing? Uh, Tragic Kingdom. And that was their first, second? The, I think it's their third album, yeah. Third, Mainstream really? Breakthrough, yeah. So when I first got into the like the American side of punk things mm-hmm. or whatever, the early 90s, forget your Green Days and your Offsprings, mm. you got so much better shit going around then. So there was a, a band called Sublime. Yeah, Sublime, right, yeah. That were going around. And no doubt we're knocking knocking about at that point. And their first few albums are punk as fuck. They're brilliant. Sublime were big in America, but they never it's really fucking clicked over when it. When all that whole punk mm. thing started mm. off in the 90s, there were a few bands that had bird singers or whatever. Yeah. And there's loads. There's loads out there. What a misogynist. I've already apologised for that. Sorry, really. When I say birds, when I, I've said it before. Yeah, I, I said no, it no, earlier, no, no, didn't I? I was like, it was it Tom fucking York or whatever. I love Louis. He sings like a bird. bird. Fucking. <laughs> Please, ladies, don't get down. I'm not being misogynist. I'm, it's, no. just a, it's just a term. Yes. Anyway. Uh, yeah, no doubt we're absolutely punk as fuck when they first started. So please play me. Uh, Sublime, Saw Red which has got Gwen just sounding absolutely unbelievably amazing. There's certain singers, female singers, that you can just fall in love with the sound of their voice. Oh, really? Yeah, there's like... The, what's the one from Evanescence? Amy... Oh, the, Amy Lee. It's literally... It's like, oh, God. If you could shag their voice, <laughs> you would. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, Gwen Stefani sounds unbelievably... Just sexy as fuck in this fucking thing. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. You won't be expecting this. This song when when she starts singing, a little bit of action goes on downstairs, man. It's so bad. I only really know what what I've got by Sublime. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, but um, I think that was a bit later, wasn't it? I thought it was going to go into a fucking madness song as well. Here we go. Let's have a bit more clear. What a way to end the year, guys, if that's it. You can see why I like this, don't you? <laughs> right, thank you very much for listening. Ning, Mr Neil Garrett, thank you very much. Thank you very much indeed, your, your kind self. Thank you, the listeners. Uh, I'm going to uh, go back upstairs to my executive role 
thank you so much for listening to this podcast for a whole year. It oh, this is crazy, man. Hurry up, the song's going to end. What a fucking amazing fucking podcast he's got. Thank you, thank you so much. <laughs> Peace out, guys. Thank you very much. See you later. Oh no, it's not anything that bad.